the subject of the day. What is What's it? in the agenda? I don't huh? know. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? I don't. What did we talk about last? Was it death we were going to talk about? Or phenomena? Phenomena, yeah. Well, the thing is, that's always something that is there. As a matter of fact, you know, since you mentioned phenomena, the, um, like I was telling Hyro last Sunday, I joined a online Zoom meetup, okay, that was put on by this guy Oops. in Arizona. He's, he's a professor at Arizona State in Tucson. And the thing is, he had his instructor, who is a guy named John Verbeke, uh from Toronto, okay, was on there as well. And John Verbeke is an associate with uh, Jordan Peterson. Now, I don't know if you've ever listened. To I know the guy, yep. Yeah. Okay. He's a Canadian uh, uh, psychology teacher. Yes, well, they both are. And they're I both see. into this, you know, well, more so, I think, uh, for Vakey, he's into Greek philosophy and, and all these other things with um, what they call it. They call it Socratic type of uh, analysis, mm -hmm. which they now use as what they call cognitive thinking. Yep. Okay. And... Anyway, John Verbeke is very much into that. And the thing is, there were several people on there asking him questions. And needless to say, he controlled ma mainly the whole conversation all the time it was going. Um, but what it did, it sort of got me involved into the jo Jordan Peterson because for some reason, I always thought Jordan Peterson was a motivational speaker. I didn't know he was a- In a sense, he is. In a sense, he is with his students. I've, I've uh, watched quite a few of these uh, uh, classes. Uh -huh. And in the classroom environment, is very engaging with the kids. It's always poking at them to to think for themselves, to right. make something of themselves. He is very, uh, very full of energy in the sense that he, you can see that he doesn't take anyone that doesn't have a, a spine. Uh, the you know the people that oh, no, he says hey, stiff upper lip. Uh, he is very much aware that life is a, uh, a constant battle. And you better get your shit together and uh, and do right. your shit. So that's that's the kind of uh, a guy, uh, very politicized. <laughs> he has very strong views on things. Um, right. He's been uh, censored by his own uh, school. Yeah, I understand, and I can understand political stance. Because of the, I can understand the censorship possibly by different schools because of the way he speaks. I've seen yeah. a discussion between him and Sam, a guy named Sam Harris, another teacher mm. of psychology and things of that nature. And yeah. it was mm. really sort of revealing to me because they were talking, he was talking about uh, theology and, you know, I guess phenomena is exactly what we're talking about here right now. And the thing is, he mentioned a, a, a word, okay, two words that stick in my mind. You know, he called it a metaphoric substrate that exists. And I really believe that that there is part of understanding phenomena. And, um, you know, the thing is, the more I thought about it, you know, there's a division in our, in our country and in our personal development um, regarding that, you know, because there's um, this metaphoric substrate exist in people that take and look at things metaphorically, okay? When you take something and you take and examine it, you look at all the other different things inside of a metaphor and put out other metaphors together, okay, you think like 
you think like metaphorically thinking. So you look at things in a completely different way than somebody that would think cognizantly because a person that is a cognizant thinker has an order to the way they think. Well, this is right because of this, and this is right because of that. It's sort of like a, a logical, common sense order type of thinking, where when a person thinks in a, as he says, a metaphoric substrate, it's totally different. And the things that may be true on one are totally false in the other perception um, because of the way that they're thinking. I don't know if you understand like what I'm perfectly, talking Perfectly, perfectly. Uh... Uh, a, a phenomenon seen from one perspective uh, for, from one person looks in a, in a certain way and the same object, the same phenomenon seen from another perspective from another person looks completely different. Yeah, right. Well, well the thing is one person, okay, like in say Jordan Peterson's situation, he would look at a phenomena as a supernatural thing. And the thing is, he would not necessarily take and say that, you know, it, it was from God, but somebody that said it was from God, he would ex accept and understand that, okay? So, but the thing is, if somebody said, well, this happened to me, and, um, you know, it was something supernatural, and say they were an atheist or whatever, he would also be able to accept that, too, because he's looking at the phenomena of whatever they're talking about in a metaphoric way. But the thing is, the person that is looking at it through um, the eyes of, say, cognizant thinking is going to want to understand, well, that happened because of, of this or that happened because of that. So you have two different observations of the same phenomenon. Uh, while you're speaking, I'm looking at the etymology of the word metaphor. Uh -huh. I'll read it. Figure of speech by which a characteristic of one object is assigned to another, different but resembling, uh, different but resembling it or analogous to it. Comparison by transference of a descriptive word or phrase, you know, metaphories from there, that, 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 directly from Latin metaphora, from Greek metaphora, a transfer, especially, I continue, something popped in my screen, a transfer, especially of the sense of one word to a different word, literally a carrying over from the word metaferein to transfer, carry over, change, alter, to use a word in a strange sense. From meta, over, across, and ferein, to carry. So, yeah, that's a, right. In, every word has to be, now every time we say something in order to understand each other, we need to almost know every word. Because if we talk about supernatural we have to define that we have to see what perspective we're looking at the word from and then when we use the word god what what do you mean by god yeah, yeah but especially if we haven't seen it you know yeah, but everybody's going to take and observe the word god in their own perspective as to what they've that's right. And if you look at it from a different perspective you can't understand each other you're talking about something that is I, I, I'm not talking about that. Well, I'm talking about this. Oh, wait a minute. If you're oh. talking about that, and then when you say I'm talking about this, you're not using the word God. Right. Well, the you, thing you, is, you have to define, you have to describe what you, what, what is your understanding of that word? Okay. 
I agree with that, Louise, and I, you, you just amazed me in the fact that you took and broke down the word metaphor because very few people would ever do that. But the thing is, when you take the word meta, meta is so much so commonly used in our English language today, metaphysical, meta this, meta that, you know, they use it for a description of the, uh, you know, what's your metadata, you know. But the thing is, the word meta is uh, just exactly as you said, um, is, it actually means with, or you said, I don't know the exact word. Across, across, it, across yeah. Over, like across, beyond, is, right, beyond, right. like metaphysics is beyond physics, after physics. Well, it's actually with. I mean, the thing is, when you take the word meta, it's used so many different times in the Greek language as our translation word with. I mean, it's done thousands of times in the translations. Hmm. But the, um, and the four, the part that you had there too was perfect because it says carry. But the thing is that gets back to where this whole thing led me to. Um, and the thing is the difference between um, seeing things the way that uh, Jordan Peterson was representing, okay, and also say Sam Harris on the other hand, who was actually, he came out of a, um, what do they call it, a background of uh, Christianity with Southern Baptist. And he basically became an atheist. And, um, but he still studies psychology and looking at all these other different things. Um, you know, but the thing is, one thing that it, it links all these together, okay, is linguistics. Because meta metaphor, a metaphor is a form of a linguistic um, speech. And so is a cognizant understanding. But cognizant can be on both sides, you know. Um, th and the thing is, when you look at what, I don't know what it is, but some people, if they, if they can't see the metaphor, they can only see the cognizant understanding of what they're looking at. And the thing is, when you look at something, say, cognizantly or literally, or um, you take and learn something from a lecture, you're looking at the specifics of a particular word or understanding, where when you look at something metaphorically, okay, it is totally different because you're looking at all of the different um, aspects of a metaphor. But the thing is, you can take the word metaphor, and there's many other words that go along with that too, like you mentioned figuratively, um, you know, and also the thing is, it's a parable, it's a proverb, uh, all these different things. And to me, the basic root of all of our problems in our society go back to not being able to separate these two types of thinking and then come together and under, understand each other. Because a person who speaks in a metaphor, okay, and understands metaphors and how they work, they think like that. But the person who thinks cognitively or goes to a lecture and pulls out what they do, they think in that cognizant way that they were taught. And these two types of thinking, they sort of come together but, you know, just like the cogs in a wheel, they're two different wheels. You know, one cog does not fit in the other wheel. And the thing is, two people can communicate, but they're going to take and see two different things in themselves. And of this in itself, it's a phenomena that exists that, um, you know, I, I think it needs more understanding. Well, you, you touched on something that's very, very uh, deep and important in human relationships. Uh, your relationships, because in order to understand or communicate it with each other, we need to understand what we're saying. Yeah, and that's true. Every word has an interpretation. Right. And I was, while you were talking, I, 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 I remembered 
a, a French psychologist that I follow very closely. His name is uh, Boris uh, Cyrulnik. He is very big right now in, in, uh, in France. Uh, he's, he's well known over the world, but not by the common, you know, the, the run of the mill persons. And he is a psychiatrist, a, a, a ethologist, etologist. And he talks about everything in terms of mental representation. So basically, this mind and that mind that I'm talking to is two, two minds representing the world. Representing the world. Well, that's so true. We, we get like the that. input. We get the input from the senses. Uh -huh. We process from the five senses and the sixth sense, which is our mind. Right. Uh, Represents. Right. What's being presented to it. Like but that. if you yeah. look at the word, if you look at the word representation, right. There's there's a beautiful thing here also in the etymology of the world. A representation is a statement made with regard to some phenomenon. So there wow. is the phenomenon as it is. And then there's what the mind thinks about the phenomenon, represents about it. So it's like the mirror of the, a mirror, a dynamic mirror, because it's not a static, static picture. It's a, it's a representation, almost like a, you make a drama out of a, a thing. You make right. a play, you represent the right. object. And of course, if you have two minds representing what is, if the language, the understanding the comprehension the mental representation is different there is no there is no consensus there's no understanding and most of the times people are so into themselves into their own representation and they cannot they cannot uh, understand that there may be some other understanding of a word or a phenomenon and they clash with the other representation. Right. Instead exactly. of harmonizing and going, okay, let me re-represent something, see if I can find this, uh, this uh, understanding, this consensus. That's exactly right. The thing is that there is a commonality that needs to be, um, you know, sort of come together to some degree. You know, just like he's talking, you know, two cogs in a wheel, you have two different wheels that have two different sized cogs on them, you know, they're not gonna mesh. You know? But there, this, you can take this further because this, this is very important. This has to do with uh, sanity. The, well, that's the, true. The, 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 the self-sanity of a presentation. <laughs> so how does a mind represent reality? So you have to, through the senses, you get uh, the... the uh, uh, presentation, uh, the, the reality presents itself to itself because we're not other than reality. And through this representer, because reality doesn't have a brain of itself, so it cannot see itself if it's not through a, a, a complex uh, consciousness, which is my consciousness, your consciousness, Hydro's consciousness, any human consciousness. It represents itself through that uh, one with a certain degree of veracity, of clarity, of okay, this this is this is the way things are. So the representation 
is close, 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 close to the presentation. So the well, object is the object itself sees itself as it is, not through a, another presentation. Well, the thing is, you know, I I agree, but the thing <laughs> is, when you have a presentation, okay, the presentation, you know, may not be um, be of the human mind, you know. Say if a tree falls, okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's what yeah, it is. Two, it's two what is. People that are watching the tree fall. Now, the only thing is, when two people start speaking about that tree falling, you have two different representation of the presentation of the. There you go. Falling. There you go. So. So there is reality as it is, and then there is what is said or represented about it. Right. So, and that's when people talk about the absolute and the relative. I I always say that reality is absolute. It is what it is. Well, I agree. I, I think and anything, anything, thought, discussed, rep represented regarding the absolute, the reality as it is, is relative. Yeah, that's that's true. It is relative, and the thing is, the the absoluteness, you know, is when people can take a uh, presentation and everybody take and see that same thing is in agreement with everybody else. Whether you're a metaphorical observer or a observer of a lecture, you can take and see that that there means the same thing. That's right. So basically, is, yep, go ahead. But the thing is when a person, you get into the metaphors, the thing is, a person is not going to, you can see that same thing that the person over here sees through cognizant thinking and presentation where everybody has in common. But the thing is, he's also going to see it maybe in a different way too, so that there's more ways that he's going to see it. But the thing is, his presentation could adjust easily to the presentation of, of others as well as the person that's also seeing it, that's representing it. So at the end of the day, how do you, how do you rate a representation. A representation is rated on its quality, let's put it this way, in accuracy, right? Because you yeah. are, there's, there is what is, which is accurate, is where it is. Right. Reality as it is. And then there's the re, representation of the presentation. Right. The representation. How accurate is the representation how accurate is reality looking at itself and going, that's what I am? Right. But you see, that exists in our society today. Now, look at, you know, what's happened in the past with this, um, you know, what do they call it? You know, with Donald Trump, when they took and they tried to get him, you know, totally thrown out as the president of the United States because of the, um, you know, the in investigations and stuff that they have. And the thing is that there was represented by the way that, a certain group of people seen it on one side, and then it was represented on a group of people on the other side. Now, the thing is, you know, recently, this past couple of days, all kinds of different things have come out about it uh, to more or less take a position on, on one side or the other. But the thing is, both sides take and represent their past ideals and the way they look at it without actually looking at what really existed. Mm -hmm you know, without interpreting the words of the way that they really were. They sort of mm -hmm. inflate the words to make, make and 
protect their side and their type of thinking. Yeah. And that there is not only what let happens me, in our society today, that's me, what happens in our lives every single day. Yes. That we so end up let, doing let, representation. Let me throw this at you. There's another thing that I say about presentation, to use the words of reality and what we think of it, representation, is that my truth, my representation, my re this, this consciousness representation is absolute to this consciousness. Well, that's true. Everybody's is. And relative to, to another. So the, at the end of the day, since every representation is going to be relative to a, a, a whole bunch of factors, it is more important for each mind to see how accurate it represents the presented Right. Than to than to decide if the other representation is right or wrong because I agree hundred percent and the so, only way that that can be done is through questions well, questions and answers that's the looking. that's absolutely and we this brings us to introspection analysis uh, debiasing right. uh, trying to see things from different different perspective but within the same consciousness this is very important so. The, the beauty of, of uh, this is to get to the conclusion that each mind decides what right. the presentation is. Although it can compare notes with other representations, but at the end of the day, it's this representation that needs to ask this representation, am I represented uh, accurately what is presented to me <laughs> so uh, in doing so and this is this is where the, the, it gets beautiful in understanding oneself that means that the representation looks at itself and goes am i represented am i representing accurately the the reality that oh, i am yeah. right uh, in doing so, you're able to even better understand other representations because then you have this proper perspectivism, you have this proper metaphoric substrate yes. where you look at yourself from different perspectives, you look at reality from different perspectives, and you look at other perspectives from different perspectives. That's exactly right. I mean, that's, that's what happens, you know. I agree with that 100%. But the thing is, the person that's doing that is also doing it in a metaphoric sense. Because the thing is, like in a, in a cognizant literal sense, which is also part of our lives, somebody tells us something and we just automatically believe what they say because of their authority without questioning their, anything. And then we sort of fall into this thing of we become sheep in a, in a herd of sheep, you know what I mean? Um, so... We just follow what everybody else is doing without any kind of examination or understanding beyond what we're told to do. And that's sort of happening now too with this, um, you know, with this thing with the coronavirus where, you know, we're told that we have to social distance and, you know, so naturally we just pick up and do, but we're getting to a point in our society where people are beginning to question this whole thing and go against um, authority in the fact that, uh, you know, they're questioning social distancing and the 
wearing of a mask and it's, being confined to a one house. You know, this look, this whole snafu. This is worth a book in and of itself. Uh, the, the the coronavirus reaction. Uh, I've, I've been following the the reaction of the politicians and the uh, the herd, and how things are changing depending on how how the dynamics are are being played out. Right. So everybody believed the story about the confinement, which was wrong. If you ask my opinion, this representation, I, I said from the very beginning, the, the remedy is going to be worse than the disease. Uh, the needs of the many outweigh the, need, the needs of the few or of the one. Right. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're going to let the, the people at risk uh, uh, die without doing anything. That doesn't mean that. What it means is that your policy, your regulation is going to be based on keeping uh, as many people uh, healthy and uh, uh, going as possible. Right. So from the beginning, I said we should quarantine. I mean, really quarantine because the quarantine that we've seen is like if you want to, but if you want to go to Publix, it's okay. Uh, so uh, they should have quarantined the at-risk and let everybody uh, do this, their business because um, what they did was to put 33 million, I think 35 million uh, people out of work. Right. <laughs> Might as well just shoot yourself. Thank you right. very much. Well, I agree um, 100%, you know, with that. Yeah, but, but now it's just uh, coming call call full blast. When you make a wrong decision, you have to backtrack. backtrack. It's just like lying about something. You know, you have to lie more and more and more and more. The lie becomes even bigger. That's right. That's what's happening. Yeah. So, uh, this, so the, the whole evolution, this is, this is a typical example of, uh, you know, not thinking right and, and um, believing. Uh, because just think about this social distancing if everybody had stopped shaking hands getting closer a coughing and sneezing on each other they had all washed their hands and not touched their face how many people would have got sick none because the virus doesn't jump on you no but the only thing Unless is that, that's, a, that's an unreal regulation too because of the fact but that I mean, but the, the point is you can done. you can but the point that I'm trying to make is that you could have had the same uh, uh, preventative, uh, 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 you know, uh, tools by just washing your hands and not touching your face and staying away from people coughing at you. Yeah, right. That's right. I mean, not only that, but, you know, I think the governor of Florida has done a terrific job with this whole thing. Because, number one, when the coronavirus came out, what did he do? He went right away into the nursing homes and started protecting the people in the nursing homes. Yeah, but then he, he, he back, he, he, he kind of waffled because he had a lot of pressure under everybody and he caved in. So he, he was a little bit like the, the British Prime Minister that said, no, we're not going to do anything. Just wash your hands and stiff up our lip. But then he, he backtracked. So another thing is when you, when you have a vision, you have to stick with it. <laughs> Come what may. A lot of people at the at leadership roles don't have the guts, the, the inner strength to go, nope, I'm going to stick with this. You can tell whatever you want. And, yeah, and, but the and, thing is, you can't, they, they, there's no way they could take and stick with this here, um, you know, confinement with the mask and with social sedition without, without totally ruining the, 
uh, economics of our society. But they I mean, did that already. They, they, they started by doing that, and then they backtracked, and now they're willing to reopen. But the harm is done, just like the uh, harm and the harm and the needle and the needle done, or something like that. The harm done and the needle. There's, there was a song by uh, 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 Young. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm uh, digressing. I'm going to read something to you about the, the going back to our original thing about perspectives and metaphoric substrate. Uh, e. O. Wilson wrote something absolutely beautiful. I have it on my on my uh, profile on in LinkedIn. He writes this, I quote, a balanced perspective cannot be acquired by studying disciplines in pieces, but through pursuit of the consilience, or to be underscored, among them. So you cannot understand nutrition if you don't understand physiology or anatomy or, or uh, how the, the GI tract works. You cannot understand uh, uh, the idea of God if you don't understand uh, morality, uh, means, traditions, uh, uh, group dynamics in society, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So everything has to be looked at from different perspectives. That's, well, that's exactly that's, right. But the thing is that the the problem is people have a tendency of not doing that. They get focused and only see things through their yeah. own representation. Yeah. And that, the thing that's is why that's it, where the problem comes in. Yeah, that's why I'm not the people. That's yeah. why I typically disagree with everybody that, uh, that I come across because I have a different way of thinking, which is super perspective, metaphoric. Yeah. I have a, a very com complex representation of the presentation. I look at everything from a, a myriad of perspectives, right? And and uh, in well, that's in, like the that's like thinking metaphorically. I mean, basically, that's right. That's right. That, um, that's right. I mean, that's what metaphor means, you know. And that that, mean, that that means metaphor is like you take a sense and you turn it around and you look at it from a different perspective. And before you know it, the word that you're using is seen from a different. It's like what? But this is not what I meant exactly. <laughs> there are different ways of looking at anything. Just like the, the pen, this, this pandemic, this uh, coronavirus, there are ways of looking at how to deal with it. And the idea was to carefully quarantine the people at risk and anybody showing signs instead of trying to test the whole population, uh, uh, have uh, areas where the people that become sick are tested and then you go, no, you don't have this. Get, go back home. It's just a bad cold or a bad flu. It's not the coronavirus. But get the hell home and take care of yourself and hydrate and do what you would normally do with, uh, with the flu. And then the guy that has coronavirus says, sorry, buddy, you're not leaving here. You're quarantined. So, of course, we would not have indiscriminate uh, testing. Why the hell do you want to test the whole fucking population? No, it's really, impossible. That's the See, thing is, let me... So, in order to manage the, the pandemic property, they should have gone with, okay, who is at risk? Okay, quarantine them right off the bat because we know from the little data that we got from, from China, was it was the older people, people with uh, immunized, uh, um, uh, immunocompromised situations, 
people with obesity, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and definitely diabetes too, anybody with lupus, and anybody that was compromised, anybody that had the COPD, et cetera, et cetera. So you take all those people, you quarantine them, and you make sure they don't go anywhere. Not because they're going to make anybody sick, it's because if they get sick with this specific virus, they're going to kick the bucket. That well, being said, everybody else... That doesn't mean huh? that just because somebody gets sick doesn't mean they're going to kick the bucket. That's it's, right. It's, that's it's right. Under, that's, that's right. So that's when you do the triage. That's when you do the triage. You let people do their work and do their economy and da da da. And then, and then all of a sudden, somebody's sick, goes to the doctor. I really feel like shit. Okay. All right. We cannot have every doctor with a test kit, but there's a place I'm going to send you. And they have a whole bunch of kits. Right, because they the only test, the only test that people that a doctor sends to go like, this is very suspicious. Get your ass out there, get tested. And then it would go, no, this is not uh, all right. Then go home and suffer like you would suffer from any cold or any uh, flu. Or you are positive. You get your ass in here and you don't move anymore for, for the duration. Okay, let me explain something to you too as far as what you're saying. I sort of agree with it, but I disagree with it. Because of the fact that, like, for example, like a month or so ago, my daughter, she came down, I called her up one day, and man, she was just sicker than a dog. I could tell she was. And so the thing is, what she did is she ended up going to the doctor. And the doctor, the first thing that he says, oh, he says, you just got the flu. So anyway, she went home yeah. and suffered with everything for, I don't know, two weeks or whatever. So the thing is, now this past week, she says, Dad, she says, I'm really wondering if I didn't have the coronavirus. But you see, the thing is, they were never testing for this with people that were normally sick like this. Does it matter? Right. So the thing is that the reason that she suspects that she may have the coronavirus is because she worked for a company that's an international company, and she attended an event where people were flown in from Italy. They were flown in from, uh, you know, London and all over the world. And she's hugging and touching and being with these people. So the thing is, this past week, um, she went to get a test to find out if she actually had it because they would know if she had the um, antibodies for it. So right now, at this point, she's waiting on her test. But the thing is- My boss many... just did that. What? My boss just did that last week. He did? And he came back all giddy going, I didn't have it. Yeah. And I was thinking, what a fucking waste of time. Well, I don't know. Because I don't I don't attribute this, anything to this guy. This guy was perfectly fine. He did get sick right at the beginning of this, and he, and he quarantined himself for a couple of weeks at home. Uh-huh. But <laughs> is, he's perfectly all right now. Why waste one test kit that a lot of people need right now? The, the, the ones that are really well, sick the test right kits now. That they're, the, the test kits that they're doing for you know antibodies is not the same test kit that they're using for people to find out if they have coronavirus or not you know it's totally a different test but so, why 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 spend the money and resources to find out if somebody may have had coronavirus or not well the thing is if what you're saying is true then there's no need to worry about if somebody does have it just let them go that's right that's that's right you know, which, it's never been an issue to know what kind of well do you have a flu or not well you feel like shit just get the hell home right right and don't sneeze on me yeah. yeah, right. But I mean, the thing is, the reality of it is, that's not what's happening. And there's so much fear that is generated uh -huh. through the, through the uh -huh. population. Again, 
Again, that's why I, that, the more, that's what the more I was telling you. Every time I open my mic, people like, like look at me like, what are you talking about? It's because what is very evident in my mind, very logical in my mind, is like monstrous in somebody else's ideas. Like, what? You would have let everybody get sick? Yes. We've been yeah, doing would, that for like 2,000 or 4,000 years. Right, right. That's what's happened. I agree with you. Herd, herd immunity. Herd immunity. What we're doing now, on the contrary, is that the herd hasn't been immunized against it, and it's going to come back. Right. And again, and again, until the herd is immunized. Right. In the meantime, we have 35 million people out of work, and I wonder who's going to be who's going to be paying the bill. Well, the people are going to end up paying the bill because they're going to be the ones that are actually hurt and destroyed by this very, very same thing. You know, um, that I mean, it's we're going to be, be close. <laughs> we're going to be hurt in many, many different ways with this whole thing. You know, but one thing it has done is it, it's exposed the um, Chinese as to how well and how much that they have a part within our country. You know, um, well, you know like if we didn't know I, that. Whoever did not know how much the Chinese are putting their fingers out there, uh, right. I, I don't know where they had their their head tucked in because it's very evident. And here, it's, it's kind of clear. But in Europe, in other countries, the Chinese have been buying complete countries. Uh-huh. You have Chinese showing up where they didn't even know what an Asian person looked like. Right, yeah. Right now, you go to Spain and you go, is this, uh, is this Shanghai? What the hell is this? Right. So, of course it is. But it's, it's, a, it's a function of money. You know, the, the Chinese have been just money in, in a few hands, mind you, because China is like a like a, an enormous sweat house. That's what they've done. That's what yeah. we have done. That's what we have done. That's right. We have said to China, hey, how you doing? Well, you have a, like a, tr- a trillion people out there right. living on rice. Uh, what if we put into work at one dollar a month right. to do things for us that would cost us uh, two thousand dollars a month? Okay, right. let's do that. Or, so let's make a big sweat house of out of China, and of course we know that because it's a sweat house, there are three or four Chinese guys that are going to be making a lot of money because yeah. they, they are the, our buddies that are going to be taking care. Taking advantage, and those same buddies now that they're full of money. But if you want to see the character of an individual, give him money and power, and see what right. see what you get. And that's what we are seeing right now. Right. I mean, it doesn't take a NASA engineer to figure this one out. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. That's exactly what's happened. But have you uh, have you looked into Taiwan uh, to learn something about how they handled? Uh, uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, how they uh, yeah. being next to China, they're they're uh, they're one of the uh, stellar countries that that ha- well I don't know if it could be it could have been done anywhere else but perhaps being that they were so close to China and they have the common language they were able to immediately uh do something about it 
and they didn't do have to do any closing of any business whatsoever but what they did is they they practiced uh social distancing and so they wore masks and and washed their hands and everything it's exactly they, they, what they i was probably, just saying <laughs> they probably uh they probably reduced uh operations of of uh large crowd meetings and stuff like that, but they didn't close ever, anything. They didn't force any That's exactly what I was saying. So, uh, so you, they you know, ended up with, with uh, incredibly low uh, cases and, and death rates, or, or they, would, they would probably uh, quarantine when, when they found out, oh, this town has, has, uh, has shown this. And so they would quarantine those areas, but they, and they probably limited uh, travel to Taiwan, I suppose. But being that it's an island, so so they did very well, and also Vietnam did well too. And it, it, well, there not everybody's yeah. stupid out there in the world. Yeah, India right. I mean, to a they didn't well. close down either. You know, even in our United States, South Dakota, they did not close down. They they still opened. I mean, and. You know, like Florida, I mean, basically, we're coming back pretty strong right now. We're, we're opening up a, a lot of different things. I don't know. Florida, like, yeah, the only thing that messed up was half of the industry. Because <laughs> Florida lives off of Disney, the parks, the cruises, restaurants, going out in parks. The rest are the people that shut down. This industry. Huh? Yeah, those are the people that shut down. That's right. And okay. that's 60% of the uh, Florida economy. So right. you know, so maybe I, you know, if you close the whorehouses, it's not a big deal. And there may be two or three down in South uh, Orders Blossom Trail, no big deal. Right. But if you if you close the the uh, uh, tourism industry, right, is shut done. Bye. See you later. Yeah, maybe that's kind of good because then it <laughs> wakes uh, uh, business people in Florida the that we need to diversify, maybe uh, uh, in increase uh, incentives to uh, to to bring up uh, other like industries, startups, maybe startups like uh, high tech a little more or whatever, something yeah different. Well, so let me let me tell you a little bit about my social experiment. Uh, I think we discussed that uh, last week about the, the uh, guaranteed social uh, employment. Right. And uh, the disappearance of the uh, money for nothing and chicks for free, uh, which is the uh, unemployment. So uh, the, the reaction was not even lukewarm. The reaction was cold uh, and people were scratching their head going like this guy is crazy and but they keep, people keep complaining they keep complaining They're like you know how are we going to get out of this one everybody's asking questions nobody brings any ideas and when you give them an idea that you could argue would work because all, all it's all it is is that instead of the government giving something for nothing the government puts you to work which is the dignified way to put a, a, a citizen back into the collective life. Work, pay your taxes, and behave like a, like a, like a gentleman or a gentle lady. And it's like people looking at me like, I just, 
I can't imagine that working. Well, the problem with it is, Luis, the problem with the idea of doing that is the thing is what exists right now is two different political parties that are in total opposition. And the thing is to create a new party to take and, and do that sort of thing is beyond the thought of anybody. Why? What? Why is it beyond the thought of anybody? What's so difficult about doing that? Well, I think it's, you know, really sort of impossible because the thing is you have so many people that are now in one political party that believes that, you know, um, right. you know, getting money for free is good. And then on the other political oh, party, yeah. believe that yeah, as long as there's money, getting money, getting as money, as long as we don't run out of money. Yeah. yeah. As long as we run out of money, getting money for free is perfect. But when you run out of money, you have Venezuela or Cuba or any, any uh, banana republic where people uh, take out the machetes and they start uh, you know, eating each other because there's nothing else left. So the idea of free money is a, it's never worked before. Right. Capitalism, well, but, but, uh, capitalism works. But, 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 it's but, how can, but how can you say that it's never worked before when, when it's, it's, it's working right now? It's, it's how, how, how we got out of the 2008 uh, recession. They gave money for free, but to the banks. Well, they, uh, or, or, or to, but it's, it's been mostly socialism for, for the businesses and banks rather than for the people. You're, you're misinformed. No, I think Cairo has a point there because that's true, that there was a lot of money given to the financial it institutions. Was, it, was, it was repaid. What? The bailouts were repaid, you know, and, and the, the, all, all the money, I mean, most of the money that was, uh, that was uh, paid for bailouts was repaid back to the government. Well, I understand that. The, they were repaid. But the thing is, the financial institutions, though, by doing what they did, it's still there now. And this is the problem that I see is that the, uh, the Fed rate is at zero percent. So what does that mean? That means that large corporations can take and borrow money from the Fed and not have to pay any interest. That's not true. Very little interest. That's not true. It's not? That's Tell not me true. what it is. It's the banks. The banks are the tool of the government to distribute the money that's being printed out. That's right. They're doing so, that. Right. I agree with that. So it's not the, the corporations that borrow money at zero interest. Try to borrow, try to borrow money from a bank at zero interest. No, a person is not going to do that. But the banks are getting money from the Fed at zero. And the thing is, they turn around but, and they loan it out. You, you don't interest. understand. This is what you guys don't understand, that the banks are the instrument of the government. They yeah, might yeah. as well say that there's just a, a fine a financial instrument to distribute money to the, to, to the, to the market. They are in between the government press and the private sector. That's yeah, it. I understand that. But it, all that money doesn't go to the private sector. A lot of it goes worldwide into, you know, different countries. It goes to different corporations. I yeah. mean, there's so many, is, many different outlets for that money. So and, it's so it's I not think working. Cairo's so, point is that the sector, private sector, is a very small portion of that. It's but it's not working. Look around you. So is so with this stimulus bill that that uh, a lot of loans to small businesses are going to go out. Is is that going to turn this country into a Venezuela? If we continue giving money for nothing. 
and having people sucking off the government, and I'm not saying they're bad. I don't place any judgment. All I'm saying is that look around you at the infrastructure, look around you at the schools, look around you at the healthcare. And I'm not talking about the quality of the healthcare, but the cost of the healthcare and the quality too, when you think about it, because there's, you know, they, they, we have a very good image of the healthcare in the States being the best one, but they kill people like there's no tomorrow in, in hospitals, operations, surgery rooms, but nobody, nobody asks me. It's like, it's okay, like well, uh, going, it's like going to a five-star hotel, these hospitals, but, but everybody's maintained sick to And then you have make bed bugs in, the, in you have bed bugs in the in the room. So it's not working. Look, go around you. Look at the people around you. Look at your own situation. Yeah, but you okay, know? what do you propose? I mean, the, what you're proposing is not a I don't think a viable environment either. So putting people to work but uh, Ber Bernie Sanders uh, uh, had uh, in his uh, in his agendas or policies uh, to to do uh, that to to put a lot of people to work to rebuild the infrastructure. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It, and with when, the when, and with the you, green green new deal to to to. Uh, incentivize industries that like solar and wind and things like that over oil to to get ready for the future to reduce no our uh, no problem with that so basically on oil my plan is about the government investing in itself it's that simple i print money i put people to work because at the end of the day, the strength of a nation is the strength of the people in the nation. So all I'm doing is so avoiding how, how many people are in the states right now. So how could below, Trump right now put 35 million to work right now? Could could they not? Uh, could he not like put uh, all these people to work using Zoom to do something uh, that that's tedious that? Could be paid like by the well the first quantity. thing that i would the first thing that i would do is to reopen all the businesses as if nothing had ever happened but how do you do that if if half of them uh, have gone out of business oh you yeah like you want me to make a miracle now that uh, that uh, they messed it up i mean this is not going to be easy right now but all i can tell you is that throwing money at people without working is worse so I mean, I would, I would be willing to, to um, so make, but, strike a deal this, with it. This throwing, to me, out, to me. this throwing out money is, is, is because it, they were forced to stop working. So you have to give them money to pay the rent. So why don't you put him back to work? You, so how can you put him back to work from home? Do, why do I have to put him back to work at home? Just get back to your flipping office. What's the deal? But then well, that but then uh, they'll catch the coronavirus if they're... That's uh, exactly what I was saying to begin with. Let everybody catch the darn bug. Right. So... Herd immunity and deal with the people that get very sick. And yes, yeah. quarantine them. Quarantine well, those guys. Not, you know, it's just... Guys, it doesn't... It, you know, this is a circular 
this is a circular problem. But anyway. Well, the thing is, let me just say one thing regarding your idea, um, you know, Louise, is that, you know, a few years ago, I don't know how long ago it was, but they've tried many times the people on welfare and everything, to put them to work even while they're collecting their money, which is basically the same type of thing that you're talking about, you know, because they were collecting money from the government. Right. But the only thing is you had opposition from, you know, the people that felt that, you know, that was they the wrong thing to do. They don't want the to thing work. is, how do you bring these two parties and these two thoughts together? You know, it gets back to what you we're can't, before. You can't. You have to create your own party. Yeah, but the thing is, who's going to join it? Like you say, you still got these two opposite things. Any, you know, any individual, middle, any, which any, sounds like any, a great idea, and I agree with it. The, any individual with common sense, you, David, you could join the common sense party. There's already several parties like Luis Del Pino's uh, uh, common sense party. There's the Green Party and there's the People's Party, and they have their candidates and they have. Uh, I should work their, with them, maybe. Their policies and agendas. Yeah, but you should hire me. Common sense is relative to the person, just like we were talking before. You see an issue, you know, and representation is a representation of an issue that uh, you're talking about. Well, I tell you what. Same thing applies to this. I tell you what. Everybody seems to be very happy the way the, the things are, so I'm going to leave them alone. Yeah, well, yeah. F everybody. No, what? nobody. Hey, nobody's I tell you what. There. I tell you what. I don't have any need to do that. Right, a lot no. of people don't. I'm, quite, I'm, I'm quite happy. See, yeah, I don't no. do this because I want to make some money. I don't do this because I want uh, to satisfy my big ego. I'm just trying to yeah. be hum, human, humanistic. I, I, I feel like somebody needs to do something about this big mess. But no, the answer is, very well put, David, we don't give a rat's ass. And I say, all right, well, carry on Semper Fi. I'm quite all right in my own little skin. So am I. No, the the problem is, uh, yeah, there. Uh, then I, I want to make sure that I don't hear anybody complaining. There's a, the problem is there's apathy, like the like, yes. like the people that vote for for uh, Republicans are maybe twenty percent, and the Democrats twenty percent, and the rest independents are like sixty percent. That they. they <laughs> They're kind of out there uh, sitting out and watching, and then maybe they'll, they'll <laughs> jump in and vote if they like someone. And then, and then when uh, in the primaries, uh, only like eight percent of the young people voted, and they were the ones that they really wanted to uh, vote mostly for Bernie Sanders, and and that's why Bernie Sanders, although he has a lot of young folk, and young means like forty and and under. Like he was more more popular in that group, overwhelmingly. And but since uh, fewer people vote, that he didn't do too well anyway. You know, I especially uh, I when resent, they endorsed uh, Biden. I resent the fact that uh, Biden uh, gave up. It's that just what? like uh, he gave up. Who Biden or Bernie? Bernie, I'm sorry. Ber Bernie, yeah, he didn't give up. Okay. He just he just stopped Listen, campaigning. When you were that He's still in the ballot, but he stopped campaigning. That they, they probably threatened his life or something because they I want Biden be to be in there. I wouldn't be surprised. This is the other uh, two, three weeks ago. I I watched uh, a webinar online about leadership in um, uncertain in in uncertain times, in, in in time of crisis. 
it was a, it was a beautiful presentation. The guy did not miss a beat. It was just, there was no fat on it. It was all super muscle and bone. It was beautiful, beautifully put, beautifully structured. And uh, I, it was so good. I, I watched it like three or four times and I took notes. So I have a, you know, a few pages about this uh, uh, leadership. And uh, one of the things, I mean, I was just, you talked about apathy, Jairo. And he, the guy said, among many other beautiful things, he said, crisis always surprise the people that are not paying attention. One of the, the characteristics of the leader is that the leader is always looking at the future computing probability of crisis and imbalance and, and surprises. It's like, ooh, you know, that's the leader. The leader is always very mindful, very important uh, word, is always paying attention, very mindful. So while he's doing his life and doing the stuff, he's, he's always looking ahead going, could there be a tiger behind that rock? Does it look like it's gonna, it's gonna be, there's gonna be a big storm? What would I do if a tiger sprang from behind that rock? What would I do if there is a hurricane coming my way? What would I do if that guy that I'm um, crossing in the street all of a sudden goes berserk and tries to uh, kick my ass or kill me? So one of the characteristics of a leader uh, and then let me clarify this. You don't need to lead anybody else. First, you have to lead yourself. Because if you can't lead yourself, how the hell are you going to lead others? In any case, the characteristics of, uh, that they talked about were the non-leaders. They, they are homeostatic they are apathetic. They are in a stupor, I think the, the name is. Like, they, they go by inertia. Well, things are, things are the way they are. You can't change them. There is a negation of reality as it is. A misrepresentation. We don't understand things properly. We're, we're going like, what the fuck? We don't understand. We, we just can't make sense heads over tail. So we negate, you know, there is a problem. We say things are working where they're really not working, in the collective especially. Or in our lives. We're smug. Ah, everything's going well. But in reality, they're not. We have a tendency to put our head, I'm, I'm reading here, uh, the the, the non-leader has a tendency to put their head in the sand, like an ostrich. You know, it's like, if I, if I put my head in the sand, you know, the problem will go away. It will go away. Uh-uh. Then, when all hell breaks loose, we are surprised. As if, it's like a, what the? What I the think the, 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 the people in Pyro want us to keep our heads in the sand to keep us like the, you guys have you're in front of your computer so i want you to look on youtube if you can because i don't think i can show or you something. can you can copy and paste the link into the chat right 
So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share something with you that I shared on LinkedIn a few, a few, a few weeks back. And this is a very, maybe I mentioned it to you guys before or after, but I'm, I'm going to, this is worth watching because this is how we are bamboozled and manipulated. And it's, and it's also hard for a third party to get in in this two-party system because then when a third party rises, it, uh, if the if this, uh, losing party loses to the eventual winner, they blame it on the third party. Oh, you yeah. took votes away from us. So if the, if the common sense party becomes too popular, they'll blame the Everything loss on them. to of Trump. What do you think um, happens? Um, the common in, sense party. Yeah, in my business, everybody blames me for everything. <laughs> hey, um, Luis, did you put that link on there? Or, you know. No, no, I'm looking for it. My computer is just. Uh, but I, I'm going to get to it in just a second. How about the other fellow that you were talking about, the Frenchman or whatever, when we first started our conversation regarding presentation and misrepresentation? Oh, that's uh, that's the psychiatrist called um, uh, Boris Cyrulnik. Hold on a second. I'm going to take and copy that down. Let me get to some place where I can do that. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to maybe I can chat in here. Okay, how do you spell his name? I'm gonna I'm gonna write it down. Can you put it in chat? Yes. There it is. Boris, okay. And he's a Frenchman, is he, or what? Yeah, he's a French guy. He's a, he came from a Jew family and they were prosecuted uh, and persecuted from, uh, with, uh, during the German occupation of France. His parents were killed, all his family was killed, and he survived. When he was six years old, he, he was able to escape uh, from, a, from a truck. And uh, of course, nobody believed him when, when he said, yeah, this happened to me. So he, this is a guy that uh, suffered uh, tremendously. Hey, does, this, does this guy speak in English? Is his films in English, uh, Spanish, French? I think most of the stuff that uh, seen from uh, of him is in French, but some of them have been translated into uh, to English, I believe. But he's he's not very well known here in the states, other than by his uh, peers. Uh huh. Okay, did you find your link, other link yet? I am getting to that. I, uh, this is a YouTube, this is from the movie, The Remains of the Day. I don't know if you, if you guys are familiar with that movie. Is it, as far as I'm concerned, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a must watch for sure. Uh, I'm going to copy the link and I'm going to post it in our chat. Here we go. And you need to watch this to see how we are manipulated and how there is a condescension uh, from the, the people in power, the politicians, the 
the, the, even the intellectuals, the people with, uh, with affluence, they think we are absolutely fucking stupid. And, ba and they base their, their political uh, games and everything uh, from that perspective. So they do not want to hear our opinion. They don't believe we have an opinion. As a matter of fact, they believe that our opinions are just so basic and so stupid that uh, what we need to do is shut up, go to work, and behave. Yeah, I know that. That's, that's nothing new. This is a beautiful... <laughs> that's a problem right there. That's a problem right there, David. And until we break that uh, uh, psychological... Uh, I would say, uh, gaslighting this, this power that they have over the masses, like a, like a, a spell. There is a spell on the people <clears throat> that we cannot do politics, that we cannot come up with solutions, that our ideas will never work. It's too complicated. Politics is too complicated, you know? Uh, and until until we start thinking for ourselves, that's right. Uh, and nothing will ever happen. Well, the thing is, to me, like I've come to the conclusion this week uh, that the whole problem of this whole thing, including what you're saying and everything, is in understanding linguistics, because all of these different forms of thought pattern and speech are a form of linguistics in one way shape or form or everything another. is a mental representation and we do not represent if we don't talk that's right well that's right I mean, mental representation is made of an internal linguistics an internal words right. we we verbalize uh, so it, it has to go together so that's why it's important to understand words uh, from as many perspectives as possible. As a matter of fact, you have to have as many perspectives as words. That's right. That's right. To me, that there is where the foundation and where the education has to begin because right now there's nobody that teaches. I mean, if, unless you go to college, you can go to college and take a linguistics class. If you and I don't get involved in politics, it's not going to change. That's the point that I'm making. Politics. And, and politics. to the comment... To, to the comment by Jairo, let me, uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt, the comment by Jairo is that it's never been so easy to get into politics thanks to the social media. Any yeah. idiot can go out there and share an idea and become vi uh, viral. That's true. So don't tell me that now to get into politics you need, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You need... No, it takes work. It takes, it takes a vision and it takes a a a an iron desire you know like i'm gonna do this because it's the right thing and i'm gonna well, be opening my mouth until i fall flat on my ass i think the first thing that needs to be done in regards to that is understand the word politics its form and the many uh different things that um evolves and has caused politics to exist and exactly what it is because really all of politics is, is having somebody agree with you. And the more people that agree with you, the greater the policy is that you can take and make. But if, if you don't open your mouth, you don't work uh, the, the ropes, uh, it's not gonna happen. All I'm trying to do is to present an idea and have people fall in love with it and follow me. Then I'll find some specialists because of course there's a political system that you need to go into. You must, you must have to 
fill a form somewhere, you know, like I wish to open my own political party. Name of the party, Common Sense Party. Uh, where is it going to be? Okay, in order to go ahead and uh, submit this form, you have to have 600,000 signatures. Okay, I'll start working on it. Yeah, but if you're going to look at politics, though, Louise, you have to look at it in a much broader sense because of the fact that, like, you know, politics involve the Internet as well. And you take people like Bill Gates um, and also Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. They have tremendous political uh, power just through what they've done and what they've created. Because the thing is, you take, for example, Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, that there is our new social justice system where people get to take and choose, you know, what they believe is right or what they believe is wrong. Mm-hmm. And immediately there's a political platform on everybody's Facebook page. Yep. And the thing is that the, um, you know, the, the followers of that, you know, and you go into Bill Gates and he takes and supports you know, these different ideologies that are being presented not only on Facebook, but also in, uh, on Google and other platforms too, Snapchat or whatever you have. So the that, thing is to take yeah. and create a political platform, all you have to do is go to these different outlets and find the people that are going all, to agree with all, you. All you got to do, that's right. So In order to take and create a political, you, you don't even call it a political I, I, party but a political ideal that's where things have switched to so the thing is the more people that believe in it if you can't vote if you can't vote for it you're not going to change anything right the republican party is going to stay the republican party and the 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 democratic party is going to stay the democratic party they're going to change things so they stay the same yeah but don't you understand that politically those are both those parties right now are quite irrelevant because of the power they're of... They still, still have the power. They have some power, but the thing is, social justice right now, by far, is the most, is the strongest political system that there is. Because people, they dictate what they want to their political parties. I'll tell that, you this, the day, the day that a party votes for guaranteed work, then I'll believe in social justice. Social justice is out there because it's destroying a lot of people's lives and also creating a lot of people's lives, creating thought patterns, ideologies, and things that exist that we all are living with right now. And the thing is, these, these social um, ideologies are growing, and they're growing at a, at a fast pace, you know? But there's no policy. There's ideology, there is, but there's no There policy. is policy when somebody agrees with somebody, what somebody says. It creates policy. That's all policy is. Policy I, is another extension. Policy is a law. No, no, it's not. Policy is a law. No, you can have policy inside of your own family. And the thing is, you can take and say, okay, if you have a teenager, you're not going out on Friday night unless you do this, this, and this. You create a policy. policy. Yeah, but... Th- it's not, yeah, we, but it's the thing is, it's something that exists down to the minute relationships that people have. Listen, there is no social justice because we are not guaranteed that we can't survive in society. We're not guaranteed work. Well, social justice is merely a political group of an ideology is all social justice is. It doesn't they're mean- not, They're not accomplishing anything. As far uh, as I'm concerned, they're not accomplishing anything. 
A lot of talk oh. and no walk. No, the thing is they're accomplishing an awful lot because of the influence of the political parties in this country right now. Well, I'm not happy with uh, my political parties. I'm not happy with the way the economy is going. I'm not happy with policy. I need to change that. And in order to change that, I need to have the, the, my, my party in power so we can say, I. I can, I can vote a law and say, I. And I can say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take some laws out and I'm going to say, I, take them out. And if I have that's, that's uh, the... That's what the person in power has the ability to do. Through a, I want to be in power. Through a, what do they call it? Some kind of an order, you know. I want to be in power. I want to have Congress and Senate. That's Senate. right. And I want. What about what about the idea of of capitalism? And so they uh, they seek labor and. And Luis Del Pino is suggesting that that a, a good portion of it could be labor through the government to the public sector. Yes, that's right. So provided, you're going to have two pools. But, but what about the idea that that you still need to have private labor? And but then, that's what right. if well, of private labor, all the capitalists through artificial intelligence and, and robotics and all this uh, uh, removes the need to, to have people working at all. So everything is, is done uh, automated or self, like self-driving trucks and things like that. So, so a, whole, a good portion of the people are laid off. So is the government gonna provide uh, jobs for them to like That's say, right, that's right. So it's very simple. My, my program is very simple. Either you work uh, for the collective government or you work for the private sector. For the what? For the private sector. It's that simple, but you work. You cannot be not working. Well, I wish I could take What about retired people like or disabled there's people? Many, there's too many. That's the exception to the rule. Uh, people that cannot, you know, paraplegic, quadriplegic, people that cannot function at all, people with, uh, you know, mental conditions, you know, elderly, elderly. What about the poor? The poor work. That's that's how you get them out of. Uh, well, the thing poor. is, you know, with all these different things that you're mentioning, there's a lot of people in society that would think that uh, uh, the would be a good way to get rid of a lot of people that have handicaps and different problems. But they, those are going to be taken care of. That's the exception to the rule. Of course, we have to take care of the handicapped and the and the elderly. That's that goes without uh, that, that goes without saying. They're not active. I'm not. Anymore. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is a lot of people disagree with that. You know. With what? What about the, with what? the idea of taking care of human life? Period. A lot of people feel that you know that you know they need to take and reduce the population of uh, the world world population. I, I would definitely recommend having less kids. You know, so I, I mean, that's, is, that's a, I mean, China did it, one kid per family. I would say, okay, no more than two. Well, the thing what is, what about the poor that depend different. on, uh, on, um, on uh, the government? The how do you? Get I'm going to put him to work. work. I'll, I'll give him transportation. Or that are unhealthy to work. I'll I'll give him health. That's what we are supposed to do. We are doing that anyway. 
Yeah, Oddly, so you're for Medicare for all? Like, of course I am for covered. Medicare for all, yeah. This, this is one thing for sure, is that uh, education, you know, education and healthcare and security and defense, they're for everybody. That's part of the deal. Yeah, but you got to keep in mind, too, the thing is, when you're talking about education, you know, what is the education going to be all about? You know, you have to control that, too. Like, I understand, I seen a video the other day that the Chinese government, they provide to our universities, like Harvard and many of these mainstream um, universities, millions and if not billions of dollars in supporting them. So these schools by a com country like China supporting the schools, you think they're not going to give favor to their their academics of the country of China? We, ha we have to decapitalize education, healthcare. What does that mean? That means that it's a social thing. It's a given. Yeah, like free free tuition for all. Yes. Yes. in the yes that are public schools yeah. that's what uh, bernie sanders yes. uh wanted that's right i agree with that i agree with that except like harvard would still the, the, the quality of private. a nation the quality of a nation resides in two things in the health of the population and the education of the population that's what makes us really human you know. But but education uh, from first grade to twelfth grade also needs to be reformed because they're not teaching civics anymore. That's right. So I people mean, are not voting. That's right. They you should don't want teach, them to vote. They should teach psychology. They're they not should teaching teach philosophy. They should history, teach history, government, yeah, things like how that. How to open a bank account, politics. Philosophy. They need to understand how it works. That's part how of the deal. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done, guys. You know, but you know, the politicians are obviously not doing it. Well, I know, but I don't know how you're going to build a political party in my lifetime to do anything like that unless it's something that goes viral on Facebook or that's right. Maybe, if we, maybe listen, if you if we have if, to convince the people that it's them that if this it. recording goes viral, maybe it'll there you go. There's happen. A, it's a good start right there, viral. Well, go ahead and put it out there, see if we get some following. Maybe create the Common Sense uh, political YouTube channel and put it on there. Go at it. I'm, I'm a thinker, not a marketer. Huh. I'm not a marketer all, either. Yeah, we, well, we all have our things. I know yeah. I'm a thinker. I know I am a thinker. I think well, outside I think, the box. I think all three of us are. That's why it brings us together. <laughs> That's right. So we need to find somebody that to do need, the marketing for us. But you need to uh, uh, have a TED Talk. Get on the stage for 20 minutes. Yep. All right, guys. Well, listen, I'm going to let you go. Okay. I'm going to get busy with my uh, my uh, list of stuff that needs to be done over the weekend. This was uh, very uh, energizing. Yeah, it was good. I, I liked the first part better than the last part, you know, with the presentation and representation. That was great, you know. Um, met, met a meeting. <laughs> the meeting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. Hey, we'll, we'll see you later. We'll, we'll see you see next later. Saturday. Okay. Bye. Take care. Iroh. Yes. What do I do with this recorded thing? It's recording to my own.
computer. Do I send it to oh, you? Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe yeah. you could uh, uh, yeah, extract the audio of it and make it a podcast okay. on your on your, uh, on your website or something. Well, let me see what I can do. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll take and I'll play with it. I'm glad you did that because um, let's see, 